Hi, and welcome to Girl Talk. Join me and my closest girlfriends as we navigate life, love, and relationships. Each week, we will discuss a new topic and address it head-on with personal experiences and learned lessons. Hello, ladies, and welcome to this week's Girl Talk. My name's Britt. I'll be your host. And um, today, I'll be doing another solo episode around... Um, burnout, specifically when it comes to motherhood, but also um, just being a woman. Um, The reason why I bring this up is I think, especially coming out of COVID and the pandemic, this has been one of the most challenging, what, year and a half that I think um, most women have faced uh, as far as being a mother. So, um, I'm going to share my story, share how um, I found happiness or joy um, by making some small changes that I hope are insightful and easy to put into play for yourself. Um, so rewind year and a half ago. I um, So I have a three and a half year old currently and my daughter was born in June last year. So June during the pandemic. Um, I spent my maternity leave with her. Luckily, my son's school had opened back up last summer and he was able to go back to work because when I was pregnant with my daughter and I had him home with me and I was also working full-time remote, I swear I cried every other day. By the time my husband would get home, I would be in tears. I would feel like I'm the worst mother because I know I had gotten mad at Griffin about something and I would go into our room, needing a break from him, but also hearing him freak out about how he was also upset. He didn't know how to deal with all these emotions that he was seeing mommy deal with and also that he was feeling because I was trying to straddle both working and have him at home. So I felt like a bad employee. I felt like a bad mom and I just needed a break. So he would come home. I would be, you know, I think I was like seven or eight months pregnant. I would say, you know, you need to take Griffin. I can't handle him right now. I need to go to the room. And I would go in my room, lay on the bed, and I would just cry and feel all my feelings. And then I would come out and I would feel better, but I would be nervous about what the next day would bring because it was like this for the two weeks he was home with me. So... Power to all you mamas who have been doing this this whole time during the pandemic, especially the ones who have littles and um, their school was closed and also working because it was a serious struggle for me. Um, So after his daycare went uh, opened back up and he was able to go, I then had my daughter, Remy, um, and she stayed home with me. Uh, When I went back to work, I was part time and... um, And it was only supposed to be 20 hours a week. I was really working like 30, 35 hours a week. Um, And then finally I was like, well, if I'm working 35 hours a week, I mean, I want to get paid for that. So I'm just going to go back to full time. Well, I think I decided that after she was about nine or 10 months and she would not take a bottle. So she was breastfeeding for, she breastfed for um, 11 months or a year. And 
she would not take a bottle. Anytime we would get her a bottle, she wouldn't want it. She just wanted to breastfeed. The doctor did say that we could give her food early because she was kind of underweight. So we were able to give her food, but she was still breastfeeding um, about, I mean, she woke up every two hours until she was 10 months. So I would put her down at seven. She would wake up at nine and then she'd wake up at 11 and then she'd wake up at one and then three and then five and then seven. I, every morning I would wake up feeling like I can't do this anymore. I am over this. I can't do this. I now have to work with her at home. And I, it, I, looking back now that things are resolved, <laughs> um, and I'm in a different place in my life with, and the stage that she's in, I feel like looking back, I lived under so much anxiety and pressure and, um, I think a lot of that is self-pressure that I wanted to breastfeed and she, I at least was able to breastfeed her, but I also felt like, oh my gosh, I thought it was going to get easier because she could breastfeed and she's not sleeping and she's underweight and is my breast milk not enough? So, um, a little bit of backstory. She, she has always struggled with weight gain during this breastfeeding time. And I would breastfeed all the time. I mean, I mean, seven, eight times a day, whatever the pediatrician was saying I should do. And we tried many different things, you know, pumping and then giving her milk or pumping and trying to give her the bottle with my pump milk. Nothing worked with a bottle. So, um, there was just a lot of anxiety with my feeding journey in itself. So put on top of that, also trying to work part-time, and then deciding, you know, I'm just going to go full time because I'm not getting paid for the hours that I'm doing. So I spent about 10 months of her life doing this juggle of keeping her at home with me, also trying to work and, you know, maintain the house and make sure it stays clean. And it is so hard when you have a little baby to work because you're also going around their nap schedules. And if they start crying, you have to get them and I could be in the middle of a meeting, but also it's hard to let them just play and make a complete mess in your office because it, I'm just not somebody who likes to work amongst a mess. I'm more of, I like to keep things a little bit more tidy. So that was just another stressor is having her at home with me. So finally I was like, you know what? I need to put her in daycare. And I remember when I told my husband this, I was like, okay, I, I'm going to go back to full time, but I really need Remy to go in daycare. And he's like, oh, you're going to put her in daycare? I assume she was going to stay home with you until she went to school. Okay, this girl is not even one yet, and I'm working part time. I could not imagine going back full time and having her be at home with me for four more years. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well... I remember I, I lost it a little bit on him. I was like, what are you talking about? How can you think that I would have her with me for four more years when I'm already, I mean, clearly every day he would come home, I would be like, ugh. And every morning I would wake up after breastfeeding, you know, five times at night feeling like, I can't do this anymore. We need to sleep train. We need to sleep train. I can't do this. But then going back to the pediatrician and she'd be underweight. So I would feel bad if I sleep trained her because it's like extra calories she could be getting in. So it was this very hard situation. And it's a journey that only mothers go through because when I had my son, I we bottle fed pretty early and introduced formula pretty early. And with Remy, it was all me. And 
I never knew how hard that was because we did formula with him. So when, when we did formula with my son, it was, you know, Jeff will take one night, my husband, and then I would take the next and then he would take. So we alternated. Um, but with my daughter, it was not like that at all. It was like, I'm just the only one who could feed her. So it was nonstop on the clock. And then I'd be working with her and, and so when he said that, I was like, okay, well, what reality are you living in that you think I could do this for another four years when I'm talking about going back to full time? So we, we found a daycare, um, and, you know, I, I had to figure out how am I going to wean her off or get her to take a bottle if I'm going to put her into daycare. So, uh, we started giving her water in her cups and eventually she started drinking those and then we started giving her milk and, um, or a little bit of formula mixed with cereals to get her used to the taste. And then we would give her some formula and she really never liked the formula. So I had pre-frozen breast milk that we would give her. And then eventually the doctor said, you know, since you're so close to her being one, go ahead and try and give her um, whole milk. So we started giving her whole milk. Luckily she started taking it. Um, and I remember the first time when we were getting ready for her to be in daycare. And I remember Remy woke up in the middle of the night. It was like, it wasn't even two. It was not even that late. It was 11. It was her, it was one of her first wake up times, 11 PM. And, um, I was getting ready to get out of bed and I was like, Oh, I kind of have to go get, make some milk. And then I remembered, I checked myself and I was like, wait, she doesn't need me to do it because she's not breastfeeding anymore. And I had been doing this for 11 months, okay? Only me could feed her. And then I sat down and my husband looked, I looked at my husband and he gave me kind of a, she caught me face. And I was like, wait, now that she's taking a bottle, you can do it. And he was like, ah, man. And, and I remember just feeling like, what the heck? Like, I have been doing this for 11 months and he's trying to be sly and not have me feed her her first like, you know, whole milk bottle that she's now able to take. And part of me was resentful that, you know, I was about to just get up and do it because it was so embedded in my routine. And then the other, and yet he was not even... He was not even willing to be like, oh, babe, you've been doing this for 11 months. Like, I'll do it. Now I can finally help. There was none of that. It was, uh, ah, she caught me. Like, now I have to do it. So there was a little bit of resentment for that, for sure. And then once we put her in daycare two days a week, we, um, and Griffin has been in daycare this whole time, five days a week. But once, once we put her in daycare, uh, it was, it was nice, but it was only two days a week. So the three days that I would have her at home were more challenging because I had gone back to full time and I was like, Oh my goodness, I just want her to be in, I just want her to be in full time so I can work and feel like I'm not doing the struggle. Cause now it, like on, I think her days were like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I would have her at home with me Monday and Friday, I would get anxiety, you know, it's Sunday night. And I'm like, Oh, I have anxiety because I'm starting the week and I'm going to have her with me all day tomorrow. And I would have like this sense of like, Oh, what am I going to be able to accomplish? What is she going to be like? Is she going to go down easy for her naps? Is she not? If she wakes up, is she, is it going to be in the middle of my meeting? Let me check my meeting times and see if they're kind of, uh, 
parallel with her nap times. It's like a constant mental, uh, mental calendar that I'm running and figuring out. And I remember I, I just was like, okay, let's just get over this hump and we'll be able to start, um, putting her in full time daycare. Just need to get over these next two weeks. The full-time spot will have opened up and I'll be able to put her in. So I remember one day my husband came home and he was very upset because on Fridays I said he could ride his motorcycle to work. He got a motorcycle in the fall during the pandemic and we agreed he can't commute to work on it because it's just so dangerous. Um, but I, I said like if if you're looking for a time to ride, like, why don't you go on Fridays? Because it's lighter traffic that day. And he was like, okay, yeah, so we'll do Friday. So Friday is his motorcycle day. And he came home from work one day and I had asked him if he wouldn't mind taking Griffin or Remy, um, to one of their appointments on Friday because I had a meeting or whatever it was. I can't remember the specifics, but, um, I had forgotten about his motorcycle uh, ride and, um, this is something I had been honoring. It wasn't like, you know, I never let him ride. He'd been going every Friday. And this one Friday I forgot. Just, I'm not sure why I forgot, but it just slipped my mind. And he got so upset with me. And I was like, so I was also hurt that he would get upset with me because I felt like, look, I'm doing so much. I have Remy two or three days a week and I'm trying to work full time and I don't get, uh, I'm not thinking about myself and having fun or what I can do to, you know, have a little bit of like me time or an escape. And yet you're prioritizing what you want and what you can do to escape when I feel like you're not even pulling as much weight as I am right now. And at that time, my mom had been visiting me and she told me, she's like, oh, you know what? I'll take the kids to the appointment um, and Jeff can ride his motorcycle. And so that worked out. He, he got to ride, but I was venting to her about how it's not fair that that's all he's focusing on is his stupid motorcycle ride when I have what feels like the weight of the world on my shoulders with my children and maintaining, you know, uh, my job and full time and Remy at home with me and breastfeeding and the food. And just, I felt like so much pressure and stress. And he was just complaining about a damn motorcycle ride. And I for sure thought my mom would have, would be on my side or have my back. And she actually was like, you know what? I think it's good that he's prioritizing something that is good for him and makes him happy because you both are in the thick of it. You have two kids under five and uh, all of your family lives in Southern California. We live in the Pacific Northwest. So none of our family is nearby. And you guys don't have the support you you generally need when you have littles. And I think it's a good thing that he's prioritizing that. And so I thought about her words and about, you know, how, how I was being a martyr, basically. I'm complaining about all these things. And yet 
I, um, I'm not releasing any of them because I feel like it's my job to juggle it. And when it's clearly not working, when my juggling is clearly not working, I'm still not letting go. And I'm just continuing to juggle and saying, why aren't you juggling as much as I am? So I thought about her words and I realized, you know what? She's right. So when Jeff came home, I told him, I'm putting Remy in full-time daycare. I know we were going to wait, you know, um, two weeks for that spot to open up, but I'm just going to find a different place that we can put her in full-time and uh, because I need this. I need the mental break. I've been having her at home with me since she, like for, you know, since she was born <laughs> and it's, she's now 10 or 11 months and I can't, I can't do this anymore. I'm not happy. I'm resenting you for being happy, which that's not ever good. And, um, you know, I apologize about his motorcycle ride that I didn't mean to forget about it. I know that it's important to him and, um, I will make sure that it stays a priority for me that he gets that time off. So then once we put her in full time, I felt a huge weight off of my shoulders. It felt amazing to have her, you know, now taking milk, which was one of the obstacles about putting her into daycare. So now drinking milk through a cup or a sippy cup and um, just getting this one night or one day a week that he gets to ride his motorcycle. And I just felt like, okay, now, now a little bit of a weight has been uh, taken off my shoulders. Now what can I do to make sure that I feel like I am also getting what I need? Besides, you know, because as soon as work is over, then it's kid time and I'm picking up the kids and I'm making sure that dinner's ready and the house is clean or tidied up. So what can I do now so that I also feel like I'm getting a motorcycle ride? Because it's not fair to just say that by Remy not being at home with me while I'm working, that that is enough. Because Jeff never brought either of them to work. So, um, so I need to find something that is just for me. So, um, one day, uh, Jeff came home and he was, he had Facebook open and I looked at it and it said something about a motorcycle ride. And I was like, Oh, is that a group of guys that go on motorcycle rides? And he's like, Yeah, it is. And I was like, Oh, that's awesome. When is it? And he's like, It's actually tonight. But if I wanted to go, I'd have to leave right now. And since I was in a better place, uh, mentally, just from getting the little bit of a break, um, while juggling work, with a kid at home, which was no longer the case, I was like, well, you know what? You should go. And he's like, oh, but if I, if I wanted to go, I'd have to leave right now. And I was like, so I'm fine. I've got the kids. You go do this. And I think in that moment, like we had finally pivoted back where I'm not resenting him for having any fun or getting some of his, you know, necessary him time or me time. Um, and that, in order for us to be able to work without parental support nearby, we're going to need to find a way to um, 
make each other happy and be able to go out and do things that they want to do without leading to resentment, like who's got the kids more or whatever. So it's like, nope, you go. I'll have dinner waiting for you when you get home. I've got the kids. Don't worry about it. Just go and have fun. So he went. Um, he came back, you know, this was at, I think he had to leave at like five o'clock. And when he got back, it was like after nine, I had put the kids in bed and just him going on that ride. And then having the two hours after they go to bed at seven, the two hours of just me time was so nice. So when he got home, I was in a better mood. I had um, started painting. I was listening to a podcast while I painted And I just felt like, oh my gosh, like that was not just a him night. That was also a me night because I got to just be alone, do whatever I wanted and really just decompress from the chaos that is life at the time. So I think that was about two months ago that he started this motorcycle ride class. And um, now he gets uh, Wednesday, which is his motorcycle night. And I get a different day that I go out with my girlfriends and, um, it might just be one girlfriend. It might be a few. It might, it, and it, it can be whatever I want it to be. Some, sometimes I don't even go out. I just say, you know, I'm going to take a bath. It's like, I'm not here. Um, you take care of the kids, you do the bedtime routine. Uh, and I'm just going to say goodbye to them as if I left and that'll be my night. Um, and what I think has worked out really great about this system is that um, he gets a night to go out and do something, but then he also gets a night when I'm out that he gets to just be at home and, you know, play video games or watch TV or read a book or just be on his phone. It's like we kind of get two nights by the other person leaving the house, you know, it when you are never alone in the house is like such a peace of mind, like having the house to yourself or the kids asleep and not having to, okay, what do you want to do, babe? Or what do you, what do you, what are we going to do tonight? Did you want to watch this show or, or you want to read a book or what? Like, it's so nice when you can just have two nights every week where one, you get to socialize or meet up with your girlfriends and vent or discuss life. And then the other night is just about you and having that peace of mind where it's just you and whatever you want to do without anyone else. So those have been the things that I have felt have been the biggest takeaway and have really made a difference in our marriage, um, especially with little kids, because I do think... It's so easy for us as women to become the martyred mom and just take on the world. And when I saw my husband being happy and getting to ride his bike and I felt so much resentment and thank God that my mom pointed it out because I only saw it as like, how could he be so selfish? But really, it's like, no, he's doing something that he wants to do for him. And I should prioritize that as well for me. So that's one thing I think that us women have a hard time with is we talk a lot about 
boundaries as relationships, but I don't think that we set self-expectation boundaries. So what I mean by that is, um, you know, I'm, I'm breastfeed, when I was breastfeeding Remy and I was waking up in the middle of the night and, um, and then, you know, I'm cleaning the dishes or I'm organizing my office so that I can work with peace in my mind and then, you know, getting her all ready and situated while I start my work week. I needed to let go and put her in daycare earlier than I did. Um, instead of it being part-time, but full-time for my own peace of mind. But then also deciding, you know, no, I'm going to get Griffin at three because I want to make sure that he doesn't feel like he's at daycare all the time. But then when he's home with me, all I'm doing is cooking dinner and I'm not able to play with him or watch him. It's like, I need to decide what my boundaries are to make me a more pleasant and happy person before I criticize others. I think Jeff's boundary for himself was that he wants to ride his motorcycle once a week. And it's a boundary he set. He That's something he needs for him. What I need for me was this, you know, one night alone and one time out with my girlfriends or whatever. But it was more about not holding all of these things or juggling these things in the air and actually coming to terms with, no, I really do need a break. I need this time to reflect and to stop caring what I think the expectations of being a good mom are or a good employee or whatever. Um, so I think that's something that us as women are hard to do is self expectation boundaries. So now my self expectation boundary is, you know, if I don't get to clean my office before I work, it's not going to be a big deal. It's fine. If I, you know, am unable to get to the dishes or I have to choose between dishes or getting that relaxing time, or if it's, it, it can be anything really, but it's just about not being the the martyr mom and blaming others for not being selfless because I think not being selfless is not a crime and we need to rewire our brains to, to not think that. Um, so that is one thing. I also think another thing that weighs into this is the sense of um, always having to hustle so I think, you know, you see, I've read, I, I honestly think it's actually harder to be a stay-at-home mom than it is to be a working mom. Kids require a lot of energy. It's go, go, go. I can't keep up with that amount of energy when I'm even around my son just over the weekend. And I love him to death. But even just over the weekend, I am thankful that he is going to preschool on Monday I am so thankful because he is a lot of energy. I feel exhausted being with him and he's so fun and he's in an imagination stage, but it is the constant, why mommy, why mommy, mommy, look at this, mommy, look at this. And it is, it is tiring. So I think feeling like, you know, uh, like being the stay at home mom is the easier job. Once I worked part time and had Remy at home with me, 
I realized, you know, it's actually the opposite. Women who have to stay at home with their children, or don't have to, but choose to stay at home, I think that is an amazing and tough job because it is so easy to lose yourself in it. Um, I remember even just the brief weeks with COVID or when I had Remy at home, I felt very disconnected to who I was besides my identity as a mother. All I felt was I lived in my identity as a mother and I wasn't able to escape it because I was, she wouldn't take a bottle and was never able to put it on pause and go out for a drink with my girlfriends or, um, go spend the night, you know, at a hotel with my girlfriends because she wouldn't bottle feed. So I had to be, you know, very close by. I had a time limit. It was like every two or three hours I, I had to be back because she would need to feed. And so it just felt like I was so tied to this identity that I had. And I love being a mother and I love that identity, but it is challenging when you don't feel like you're able to be other aspects of yourself. And I didn't realize this at the time, but I do think that, um, once you are able to kind of put that down and see that, you know, you are able to be yourself in different ways, it's very important to prioritize, uh, prioritize your overall happiness. So, um, the last thing I want to touch on this is, um, I guess, uh, I guess people could say it's self-care, but I, I don't think that is what I'm talking about necessarily because I think self-care think of, think of it as like a bubble bath and wine where I really mean like uh, you are feeding your soul, which to me, feeding my soul or when I feel like I'm getting rejuvenated is my night alone and my night with my girlfriends or my, my a girlfriend or whatever. Um, I have one night where I get to vent and talk about, you know, uh, life or, or we go out for a cocktail and we just have fun. And then I get one night where I just get to be me. I get to read a book. I get to just be antisocial and live in the realm of like solitude, which is also just as important. I think sometimes in motherhood that can be more important because you're always on on call for everyone else, um, in the family. And so having the, the freedom to just have some quiet time is so exciting. (laughs) So, um, whatever it is for you, the rejuvenation, I think that is like another thing that is vital to being happy and healthy parent but also, uh, to not feel this, uh, this burnout that I feel all mothers go through, but I think that's the most crucial thing. And I've, I've written down some quick things that I feel like when I am starting to feel like I'm going through this burnout phase or, you know, if I've spent like a vacation with Griffin and my, and my family, I think Griffin's probably the most challenging age right now because he's almost through and he's just got bundles and bundles of energy and he's a boy so he plays kind of rough um but 
whenever I'm going through these moments where I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm getting overwhelmed or, oh my gosh, I'm getting anxious and I can't wait until Thursday with my girlfriends or Wednesday for my night alone. Like I need a quick fix now. I feel like um, I wrote down some things that I feel are very helpful for me. Um, and one of them is I'll go for a walk and I will listen to one of my podcasts, my podcasts of like uh, women empowerment podcasts. Um, I think those really help me. Uh, they, they make me feel like I'm not alone in this and that other people have struggled with this as well. And just hearing other women talk about it, which I think is something I also get from my like girls night out once a week is, is that feeling of like community with these very common issues. Um, so I'll go for a walk. I'll listen to this woman's podcast. And uh, granted, this is all with my kids. So I have one ear listening to the podcast. I'm walking with my kids or we're going to the park. They're playing on the playground. I'm listening to my podcast. Another thing is I'll say, you know, Griffin, let's have a stretch session. And I'll put on um, like a little workout video where we're just stretching because it's something he can do and I can do. And it brings me back to my body. It calms me down a little. I'm not talking about yoga because I'm, I'm doing something quick and dirty with my kids. So I'm talking about, you know, we're touching our toes. We're reaching for the sky. So um, doing like a 10-minute session like that can sometimes bring me back to my body and myself and just help me feel like, okay, I can make it to Wednesday or I can make it to the next time I'm going to be going out or or whatever. So anyway, so that those are the things I wanted to touch on. Um, a recap would be to put something in practice that you feel like you get some solitude. Um, you're not juggling all these balls. Put down the balls that you don't really need to juggle. Ask your husband for help or, or, you know, decide that it's not important to vacuum your house. Okay. Remember that we're not trying to be perfect. We're not trying to be perfectionist. We're trying to make it so that we're happy. Would you rather have a perfectly clean home or feel happy that you were able to read 30 minutes of a book that you really wanted to read or, or you got to take an hour long bubble bath and just relax and, you know, unwind and be ready for the next day. So sometimes I think that it's about prioritizing our mental health and happiness versus the expectations that we put on ourselves um, and creating those boundaries so that it's easier to know, is this really, is this really going to make me happy or will actually I find more joy and happiness if I, you know, go for a walk with my kids right now instead of clean while they're playing, you know? So um, ask yourselves those questions and, and figure out which way, which, what works for you. And also do not resent your husband or partner that they are prioritizing their happiness over, over, you know, family expectations. And I say that without being like, you know, oh, if my husband was trying to go out every night of the week, motorcycle ride, obviously that'd be a different question, but he's doing it in a healthy, moderate way that was actually very, it offered me a time to self-reflect that I should also be doing this. I should be prioritizing my mental health and a one night a week where I feel like I get to do something just for me as something that is 
in a different identity as just being a mother. You know, because something we'll be talking about later in this podcast is the different identities that we hold as women. And one of them is mother, one of them is woman, one of them is wife, and they're all very different identities. And it's important that we give each identity its time and its place and its, its, um, I guess it's growth really to become better at that and, and feel connected to it. So, so yeah, so that's this week's theme. I hope that I offered some, um, some good insight and that, you know, some of you out there can relate and hopefully those tips and tricks are, are easy to implement or maybe just one is or one will work really well for you. Um, One thing I wanted to add that I forgot to is another thing that I started doing, which is is pretty recent. I think it's only been two months now, but I also signed up for a monthly massage. So, um, you know, it's $60 a month. Um, You could do it at what, like they, they have a few out there that are chains that are, um, that are pretty cheap. And, it is so nice to just feel like I have a dedicated hour once a month where it is pure relaxation. Someone is gets to give me a, a massage and I get to unwind and I usually do it, which this is a little tip. I usually do it um, from like 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. That's usually my appointment time because then when I come home, the kids are in bed um, and then I can either go take a bath or I can read a book or whatever. But that is one thing that I think it has been a joy. And it's only been my second, this will be my third month. So, um, you know, it's easy to implement, but the time is the best part because no one wants to come home from a massage with kids jumping all around and everything. So if you can get an evening one, that is, um, I think the best time. All right. Well, I will talk to you all next week with our first guest. Um, Thank you all for joining. I hope you found this episode helpful and I can't wait to talk to you all next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I encourage you all to leave some feedback share what you thought about this episode. And if there's any themes that you have in mind that you'd like to hear from us about or have us address, um, we're always open to more ideas. Talk next week.